0: Welcome to More Than a Cake Stall, Season 2, Grace Origins. I'm your host, Sylvia Sue, and this season we hope to help you prepare your heart for the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. We'll be dropping two episodes a week in December reflecting on the grace origins of Jesus's origin story, the women in his distant lineage, his mother and aunt, and the prophetess who met him in his infancy. May these stories compel your heart to worship and adoration. Thanks for joining us. He had just convinced his brother to sell Joseph to Ishmaelite slave traders when Judah, son of Jacob, married a Canaanite woman. Together, they had three sons. Their firstborn son, Ur, was married to a woman called Tamar. But Ur died. The Bible tells us that he was wicked in the sight of the Lord before he and Tamar could conceive a child. Without a child, Tamar would be destitute. She had left her own family to be married to Ur and had no means to provide for herself. In order to continue the line of Ur and secure Tamar's place in the family, Jacob's second son, Onan, was instructed to act as a surrogate for his brother. But Onan was too selfish to provide an heir for his brother's wife, and he was also put to death by God for his wickedness. Afraid his third son would also die if married to Tamar, Judah promised that in a few years, she would be given to Shelah, his third son, and be restored to her position in the family. But Judah never intended to fulfill his promise. He abandoned the widow, Tamar, abandoned his responsibility to her and abandoned his responsibility to the law. In desperation, without any means to provide for herself, And without an advocate on her behalf, Tamar conceived a cunning plan. Disguised as a prostitute, she meets a grieving, recently widowed Judah at the city gates. He solicits her, sleeps with her, and impregnates her, all the while unaware of her identity. His signet ring, cord, and staff provided the deposit for his payment, a young goat from his flock. Judah and the disguised Tamar part ways and although he later tried to arrange payment, he was unable to find her. Months later, Tamar's pregnancy was discovered. Enraged at her immorality, her prostitution, Judah arranged to have his daughter-in-law brought to him and burnt at the stake. Months later, Tamar's pregnancy was discovered. Enraged at her immorality, her prostitution, Judah arranged to have his daughter-in-law brought to him to be burnt at the stake. Tamar came, bringing with her Judah's signet ring, cord and staff. I am pregnant by the man who owns these, she declared. Judah of course recognize them ashamed he declared to those ready to condemn her she is more righteous than i it's a sordid heartbreaking messy story to include in the human genealogy of jesus but these origins as we will discover not only trace jesus's hebrew origin but also his origins of grace. The story of Tamar and Judah reminds us of our urgent need for Jesus, who comes into this sordid and messy world, the savior we so desperately need. It's easy to get lost in the injustice of the story. Tamar had been abused and abandoned by at least two of the men in this account. It is a devastating glimpse into the plight of women in a world where their value was tied only to the men they married and conceived. In this day and age, it's natural to see the story of Tamar and Judah as one of the oppressor versus the oppressed. It would be easy to reduce the moral of the story to a lesson on the patriarchy and how Jesus came to overthrow it. In John's Gospel, we read a similar account in which Jesus meets an adulteress in a similar situation to Tamar. This time, her oppressor's weapons were made of stone, not fire, but their purpose was the same, to condemn her. And although he was the only one who could condemn her, Jesus didn't. Instead, He came to her in her brokenness. He spared her life, restored her dignity. He extended to her forgiveness and called her to a life of repentance. Jesus came to love broken and destitute women like Tamar, to restore their dignity in a world that denied it, to forgive their desperate acts of immorality and empower them to go and sin no more. But Jesus also came for men like Judah. He came to convict them of their self-righteousness and to show them the kind and merciful heart of God, to forgive their sin and invite them to follow his model of sacrificial, merciful love. And the writer of Genesis wants us to know that Judah did eventually learn to model this sacrificial, merciful love. When Judah and his ten brothers stood before the governor of Egypt, unbeknown to them, the governor was their brother Joseph, whom they had sold into slavery. Benjamin, the youngest brother, was accused of theft and claimed as a slave in recompense. Judah demonstrated compassion and self-sacrifice, offering to substitute himself in place of Benjamin, his father Isaac's most beloved son. Judah did not remain an oppressor. He acknowledged his failing of Tamar and lived heroically in his old age. But still, that is not the end of Judah and Tamar's story. Somehow, in the miracle of Jesus' birth, God restores this broken, sordid story. He redeems it and transforms it into something beautiful, one thread that is woven into the fabric of the human DNA and history of the Christ child. Jesus came for both the oppressor and the oppressed. He came for both men and women. He came for both Israelites and Canaanites. And he created in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. Jesus himself is our peace. He makes one family of many nations, one body of many people, He has broken down the wall of hostility that divides. And if Jesus could make something beautiful in the broken, sordid story of Tamar and Judah, so too will he come into your brokenness, restoring your dignity, forgiving your sin, and empowering you through his spirit to go and sin no more.